0: Welcome to Brit David Podcast, as we welcome Tony Gray, the Association of Missionary for the Habersham Baptist Association, as he brings a message today from Luke chapter 15. Here's Pastor Tony. Good morning. Shout Jesus from the mountains. I love that. I'm not a hillbilly yet, but I'm getting there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of uh, back to Britt David family again I I love Columbus I love being in this area and uh, my wife and I are children so much of our past has been here so it always feels like homecoming whenever we we come back your church has been a major major blessing to Habersham Baptist Association in our area we're a small association we're not huge 29 churches uh, half the size approximately half the size of what you would have here with Columbus very very diverse i mean from the mountain churches a little tiny one room uh wooden structure pure uh, you know tongue and groove wood all the way around you uh, singing out of a red uh, almost stamps baxter type music with with bluegrass to more of this style here as far as in worship and, and, and sanctuary uh jesus on the mountains the need for jesus to be to be proclaimed the, the need for jesus to be shared um, and from that, we're, we're so incred- incredibly grateful to y'all for, for coming and being a part of Mission, Mission Judea uh, and being able to be, you know, your church particularly for the last several years, what, maybe close to 65 folks uh, have come to know Christ through what, what you have done. Ch- children, Hispanic kids that have come into that area of Cornelia and Baldwin and around the Clarksville area have, have heard this name of Jesus heard it proclaimed, they've they've heard it and they've heard it sung, they've, they've seen it in so many different ways, and we want to know how much we love you guys and appreciate you. Uh, I'm excited about Ark in the Park and being able to come down and be a part of that. It's been a number of years since uh, J- uh, Jessica and myself and others, as far as with BCM, were coming over and plugging in and being a park. Uh, years ago, I was at Atlanta Stadium and I was at Bark in the Park. You remember Bark in the Park? You ever been there when all the dogs were there? So we figured out we'd add a Bark in the Ark in the Park, maybe do that here. Yeah. I'm joking I tell you totally I'm joking my uh, my wife is working with kids today could not be with, with you this morning but she wanted you to know she loves you and she's praying for you and the churches of Habersham want you to know how much they appreciate you and love you and they're praying praying for you as well um, you ever get tired that's a dumb question right I'm, I'm asking you guys and you're one day away from doing the ark in the park and that, do, do you get tired uh, <laughs> I was talking to somebody in Longo and they were getting ready for an activity at their church and it was something that they, they do every single year and, and they made that statement, they looked at me and they said, Brother Tony, do you ever get tired? I said, yeah, I, I do and they said, sometimes we ask ourselves if it's worth it but, and then they made this statement, we know that it is I, I don't know how many, of you guys have, how many of you guys have been at this church more than 10 years? Raise your hand if you would how many of you have been to this church more than 20 years? 25 Thirty, Gosh um, Ark in the Park goes back how many years Brother Tim? Number 23. I remember when it first started I was around in those days I remember when it first started In fact I walked in I was telling uh, Alan we, we were sitting there talking about a There was a tube that had candy in it And uh, you remember and Y'all had y'all dumped candy in this thing And it was huge And, and I kept thinking Man there's a lot of sweet kids Going out <laughs> the next couple of days But I, I saw this incredible activity that that they were using this idea of a fall festival to be able to touch families. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, coming to that, that event, I was in the gospel tent and, and kept seeing and hearing and being a part of people come to know Christ. And I thought, this is pretty awesome. And then I began watching churches from around the area that would plug in with you guys, and it was growing and growing and growing to thousands would come into your area. And I'd hear people in the community talking about it. And now we've been talking about you guys up in Habersham saying, you know what? We need to understand that this is something we can do. And this part of the reason I'm here is watching what goes on with it. And, and hopefully, it, and, uh, we may not call it ark, may, it may be bark, I don't know. But we'll, we'll figure out something. But this idea of being able to touch lives, we can't get tired of that. If we do, we're in trouble. Um, Jesus, as he was uh, ministering with his disciples... He was constantly around people who griped and complained. I mean, usually the Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees, I mean, they were men, you know, the Pharisees weren't fair, you see, the Sadducees were sad, you see, and, you know, they, they really were, they were always, you know, all the gripes and complaints and everything would come in at the Lord all the time. And one particular time, they began to complain. Look, if you would, Luke 15. Luke 15, the very first verse, Jesus has been ministering to tax gatherers. Tax collectors. IRS time is coming sometime in the future. But they, they're dealing with tax collectors, and, and it says tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. Now, all these people are gathered around Jesus, and they want to hear what he's got to say. Well, instead of being excited about that, uh, look what the next verse says in verse 2. The Pharisees' scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners, and he eats with them. He eats with them. The audacity that Jesus is going to spend time with lost people, you know. Wait a minute, I used a word. What does loss really mean? What does loss really mean? Well, General Booth, William Booth, many years ago, the founder of the Salvation Army, he said, "If you know, we could suspend Christians over just a few seconds over hell, dangle them over hell just for a few minutes, we would understand how serious it means to be lost and how, how the time is now for us being able to share the good news of Jesus. You know, we we on the TV, you turn your TV on these days in the midst of the, the election cycle and all that's going on. You 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 look at the, the paper, you look on the on the on the news on the web. Everywhere you hear, it's bad news, bad news, bad news. And and all of a sudden a part of us inside just shuts ourselves and insulates ourselves off from this idea of being lost. Lost. Of people being lost and realizing the seriousness of that. I had a question for you, you ever lost anything? That's a dumb. another dumb question. How many of you lost your keys in the last month? Lost your phone in the last month? Uh, you ever lost your car in the Walmart parking lot? Yeah. <laughs> Been there. I'm glad they got that little red button on there. You can hit that thing. And beep, beep. You know, people say, ours Tony again right over here on the side. You ever lost your kid <laughs> in, the, in the store? Now, okay, I, that sounded bad. Um, hear me say lost. It, we, we hate to learn, lose possessions <laughs> But the seriousness of somebody that's lost, of them knowing coming to know Christ. Jesus was trying to get across to the, the, these Pharisees and the scribes. He's also trying to get across to his disciples. But he's trying to get across to us that we would understand how, how imperative, how important it is for now that we know that we have to be about sharing the good news of Jesus everywhere, using whatever means that we can do to get that across. An ark in the park, yes. Door to do evangelism, yes. The using the, the, Alex is on TV as far as with WSB all the time, but using television, using whatever means that God can give us to be able to proclaim the good news of Jesus. COVID did a number on the North, uh, in the mountains. I mean, honestly, we're still beginning to try to recuperate and churches coming back. We lost a lot of our children. We lost a lot of our youth. The blessing it has been for your teams to be able to come to us and minister there has been helping us be able to get a lot of our kids back in church and seeing uh, back to the Bible clubs and VBS happened again and, and, and youth revivals. And, and it's just, it's been exciting to see it, kind of a rebirth of this. But, but folks are beginning to understand, we need to be sharing Jesus. We need to be sharing Jesus. Um, in this particular passage that i just read today, uh, these, as Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the scribes are talking to all of us, he's trying to get across the heart of God towards the loss, towards the loss. Jesus says, I come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that, and that is the heart of the Lord. Uh, if you don't catch anything else today, please catch that. God cares. God cares for the lost. And, and you're going to see some ways today that he cares. And, and it's interesting, the, uh, the Lord so many times used parables. And in the in the parables, you generally had one main spiritual teaching that would come out of those. Jesus, from this 15th chapter, gives us... It's basically three, maybe you even say a fourth parable that's in this. It's, it's, it's uh, three plus. Uh, if you look in, in chapter 15 again, start with verse 3. And he gives three parables, and, and he told them this parable, talking to the, 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 uh, the Pharisees. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends, his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Again, this very first parable, he's talking about a lost, lost sheep. Three parables that are coming, lost sheep, the lost coin, and then finally, you, you look at a family, two sons that are there, younger son, older son. Um... The, the joy that I had in, in working as a student minister, I can't tell you the, the, the incredible blessing that came to my family, being involved in working with college students. I, I love college students till to this day, even as a associational missionary. Whenever I see college students around in a church, I'm gravitating over that, that area, and I want to talk to them and find out what's going on. Uh, I had one of my students who was down at a little tiny college down at Andrew College, um, down near Cuthbert, as you know. And uh, one of our students that was there uh, was a he was not only a full time student, but he was also a shepherd. He worked for a farmer who had a bunch of sheep, and so his name was Caleb. And I asked Caleb one day, I said, Caleb, I, I want to know. I said I've been preaching about sheep for years, teaching about them. I want to know about sheep. He said, Brother Tony, they're dumb. <laughs> he said they're dumb. He said they. He said you know you hear about people talk about how sheep will walk off a cliff. They really will. He said they walk in a hole. He said they don't have a lot of common sense. He said they need a shepherd. And so I you know I just kept asking him questions about sheep about sheep and I, I kept hearing how common it was ever so often for a, for, a, for a a lamb or you know a, a ewe lamb or whatever to literally to, to go away from the flock all we like sheep have gone astray we've turned everyone into his own way it's interesting how the scripture compares us to sheep it's interesting the comparison with sheep and how easy it is for you and I to wander and our following our following our shepherd uh this passage talks about the shepherd who had these 100 sheep and he said that he that he had them he had them there in the fold and one of them gets out. It's really interesting as I read uh, as I was preparing for today the shepherds were many times as they built these enclosures these these folds where they had these sheep sometimes it would be a stone wall that would be around a place sometimes it would be it would be natural things with cliffs and things. But usually the door was not what you and I would think of. It would be a gate. Many times the shepherd himself would be the door. At nighttime, he would lay himself across the front of that, that gate. But for a sheep to get past him to get out, um, it would be real easy for him to say, you know, I've got 99 back here. I, I really don't need to worry about this one that took off. He's always wandering. Why should I even care about what's happening to him? This shepherd leaves the 99. And goes and looks. He, he, he searches in, until he finds it. The scripture says that he puts it, how he puts it on his shoulder. And he brings it back. Not only does he bring it back, but he brings it back rejoicing. He's not aggravated this thing had gotten away from him. You ever been out late, late at night? You're trying to find the dog or the cat that's out in the backyard. You can't get it into the house and you're just aggravated. Well, this shepherd's been looking for this lost sheep. He finds it. The Bible says that he lays it on his shoulders and he comes back. Caleb, my friend, shared an interesting tidbit. He said in the Middle East many years ago, he said when a, when a shepherd had a sheep that was constantly getting away and, and, and literally running away all the time, sometimes the shepherd would take that sheep, and this is going to sound cruel, but he would break the foreleg of one of, of, one of the, the, the sheep's legs. He would bind it up with a, with, a, with a binding, lay it upon his shoulders, and he would carry that sheep day in and day out until the mending process had taken place he'd take it to water he'd take it to green grass he would he would take it and keep it close to the fold but he, every day he'd pick that sheep up and put it on his shoulders and was carrying this thing you ever had a time in your life where god did you that way that all of a sudden you did something in your life something happened you went through covid you went through the death of a, of a loved one you went through this you went through that and you became bitter you became down And all of a sudden, God was carrying you, laying you on his shoulders and carrying you through life. I've been there. Death of my mom and dad threw me for a loop. Some death of some friends not very long ago from COVID was tough. But God, the Lord Jesus has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's his commitment to us, that he's walking with us. In this passage, the shepherd has found the sheep, laid it on his shoulders. He's brought it back. But then he calls all his friends and his family. He said, Hey, rejoice with me, for I found that sheep which has gone astray. And it's interesting, almost like a Paul Harvey moment here. The, the scripture says, I tell you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner that comes to, re, to repentance than over 99 persons who don't need repentance. It's almost like this, this idea of the Pharisees talking to the, this idea of repentance, this idea of sinners. Ladies and gentlemen, the heart of God is for the lost, God cares. Not only does he care, he puts into action, he, he puts his desire for men to repent. He pursues. You ever had God pursue you? You ever had God pursue you? And I hope that he is now. First illustration, first parable, the lost sheep. Then Jesus takes it to the next step, and he talks about a woman that works in a house. Uh, and, and very common as far as the dirt floor of a home there in the Middle East. And she's working in the house, and she's, the Scripture says that she has you would, if you would, look down to verse 8. For what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently till she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends, her neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. Again, catch this little last, little commentary. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Again, this very same thought that here is the heart of God. What about this woman? She's in the house. Many people have, there's been all kind of conjecture about, what does it mean about 10 coins? Are you, are you talking about her losing a part of, of the, of the, of the bankroll, what what she had in the house, what money that she was saving for, you know, to be able to take care of her family? Uh, It could have been. Some people have thought maybe this was a part of a dowry type thing, a belt of coins, that was given to her at, at, at her marriage. And in that culture, if that was the case, if one of those is missing, it could imply that she had been unfaithful to her husband. So you understand the importance of her diligently seeking and trying to find this coin. And she's, she's sweeping through that house trying to find a coin. You ever been in a dirt floor place? You ever been in a place that had a dirt floor and every so often you have to sweep it out and make sure that, you know, you can see the path and find out you can find the furniture or whatever. You, you, you know what's going on. She's sweeping this house and then she finds it. And it's not like, oh great, I found it. And it's not, not like, uh, you know, mellow, you know just, a, just a, you know, no big deal. She's rejoicing because she's found it. And Jesus is using that example, saying, "I tell you the, the very same thing. He says, "There is joy, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents more than 99." It, you know, we talked about the sheep a little earlier. Catch the point here, there is joy in heaven. God cares. Not only does He pursue we, that we saw in the sheep, but He puts into action. He searches. My, um, some of y'all remember me from years ago as far as being here. I don't know if you ever heard my testimony, but I I came to know Christ at age nine through a godly mom who was was sharing Jesus with me as a nine-year-old. My mom led me to the Lord uh, at my bedside in uh, in August of 1968, a long time ago. Uh, I I remember asking questions about what it meant to be a part of God's family. My mom was the first person to walk through the gospel with me uh, as she had done as a young girl. She shared with me how that, to know Jesus, and she walked through the Roman road with me. Uh, and then, Annette would be my, uh, next to my bed as I, as I verbally, I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart and save me from my sins. Now, I'd love to tell you that my life after that was just, you know, it was just pure growth all the time. My teenage years were really, really rough, and, and, the, and the running from God's will for my life. I was the sheep. I can relate to that. Uh, I was the lost coin, I can relate to that. And we're going to get to the lost son in a minute, but I can really relate to that. But hear me say that, that God didn't give up on me. A friend of mine called the Holy Spirit the hound of heaven. And he said, the hound of heaven will chase you. And he, he, what he meant by that was, you can't get away from the Lord. And our sinfulness and our waywardness, that, that conviction that we, that we sense in our heart of knowing that Tony Gray is doing wrong. That knowing that I'm in the midst of sin and it's time to get my life right and back on track. Uh, I had about five years that I really ran from God's, God's will for my life from 13 to 18. And the Lord was pursuing me and I was the, one of the most miserable guys you'd ever seen in your life. I mean, just to see my life, you would think, man, that guy's not even a believer. But God was pursuing me to, to bring me back into his fellowship. Um, this passage points to this fact that not only God pursues but that he searches in this idea of of, of finding us where we are and moving us where we are. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tony continues his message from Luke chapter 15. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is at org. We are located at 2801 west brit david road columbus georgia 31909 thanks again for joining us here on brit david podcast